Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stradi Cast. We haven't got Mike with us this week. Mike is is busy elsewhere. We're joined by Philip, who writes regularly for for the blog. Um, Philip, you've been on the Stradi Cast a number of times in the past. When it was kind of myself, Mike, there was Dan, and there was a few other lads that were chipping in. Um, how's how's things? How are you keeping? Yeah, not too bad, Dale. Uh, just I'm just off work now for the day, so just kind of getting used to being around the place, but trying to get over a somewhat unromantic game yesterday and uh, just putting together kind of what really happened and what kind of went on and should we be worried as well going forward in terms of um, what the uh, ambitions for the club are. Yeah, we'll jump straight into the game so because my biggest problem, I suppose, in the aftermath is Solskjaer came out and kind of dismissed the question after the match about the player's attitude. And he said that that's not a problem. He sees what happens with the coaches. He's very happy with the player's attitude. But two weeks ago, we lost at home to Sheffield United. And I think before that game, they only had five points on the board. That reach in the halfway mark, that, that says to me that our players are clearly better than theirs. They're, they They were clearly complacent for that game. But that was a story again yesterday, away to West Brom. In the first half, the first 45 minutes, Philip, you could you could basically say that the United were playing at walking pace, were walking around the pitch, and they didn't really get going till, till Bruno scored in the 44th minute. Again, that tells me that there's a slight attitude problem. 
in the dressing room that they think that they can go to West Brom or host Sheffield United and get an easy win. This is the Premier League and everyone knows that no game is going to be easy. Particularly that it was a West Brom team managed by Sam Allardyce who's built his reputation on being extremely difficult to beat and setting up teams that are going to fight for everything and they're just going to scrap and dig in and you give them any sort of advantage and they're going to they're going to make you pay for it. I think Solskjaer picked up on this in his post-match interview as well with Sky Sports and he kind of suggests that he'd warn the players what to expect that, that West Brom are going to throw in balls into the box from a very early stage of the game and it, it just baffles me that you know, Solskjaer, Gary Neville even picked up on it as well that he's been saying it for, for weeks that this United defence needs to push further up the pitch and at the start of the game now we, know, we conceded 90 seconds into it but at the start, they kind of were pressed, and then they went back in. They went back deep again. They, you know, they they, they felt a bit of pressure, and they just went. They fell back, and that tells me that if 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 Solskjaer was warning his players of that, and he wanted them to press up, that even these that defence who we criticise every week, they're not even confident in their own abilities to do that. And and teams like West Brom just hiring Sam Allardyce to stay in the Premier League. They look at De Gea making mistakes one week. They look at Harry Maguire and Lindelof starting and feel they're rubbing their hands. It's a manna from heaven for a lot of these lower lower table sides that if you get in if you get in the faces of our defenders, then there's always going to be chances created. Look at some of the goals we conceded. I mean, to the strikers that have scored against us, the likes of it. Eddie, um, is Eddie McGoldrick for Sheffield United? Yeah, yeah, McGoldrick. Yeah. Like, how many other goals has he got the season? Yeah, and as well as that, just to pick up on another thing, um, Harry Maguire total cliched response after the game was saying that it was um, a difficult place to go to the Hawthorns. If you look at their record this season, they haven't won many games at the Hawthorns. You know. That's just cliched nonsense, and it, it bothers me. Like, it shouldn't bother me how how players react to after games because we all know that when they speak in front of the camera, it's always going to be cliched, and it's not. It's never what they really think. It's very different in the dressing room, but but Harry Maguire we've pointed out a number of times the way he's reacted to certain defeats as a captain. It's very uninspiring at times. And as well as I want to touch on 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 Lindelof um, at fault for well, arguably at fault. For the first goal, I would certainly put it down to him. But but there is there is a question mark there, Phil, because it's very hard to defend a high ball when your hand, your eyes, sorry, are being blocked by the, the striker's hands. Yeah, unquestionably. So I mean, you look back at some of the other goals that were disallowed in, against Sheffield United and against Burnley, and another couple of ones earlier on in the season for exactly the same. Mm. Um, the one certainly against uh, Sheffield United should have stood in my favour. The one that De Gea conceded against Sheffield United was arguably more of a foul than what was happened later on in the game. It seems with VAR coming in, the common sense has gone out. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, completely. It's... Um, I, I suppose the decision making is taken out of the hands of the referees in many instances yeah. and that 
with them being under so much scrutiny, with them being under so much pressure, that you're almost kind of giving it over in the hands of Barr, who is this kind of almost kind of faceless referee in the sense that you're not going to, there's not going to be any blowback on them. You could always, you just, you're just going to blame Barr. It's not on me, it's on somebody else. You see, the thing is as well, and I, I, I'm very supportive of, of the manager and, and what we're seeing this season, to be honest, the overall picture, I think we're going in, in, in a better place. Um, I, I'm not going to say that I got a social as the manager to win trophies at Manchester United because that's premature. But I think we can we can we can sit back so far this season and, and be a bit positive, a better position. But it's not good enough. It's not good enough to to lose two weeks ago to Sheffield United, because, and and then do that, then draw away to West Brom because they're two really really bad results in the space of two weeks. And if we're on about building momentum and putting pressure on City, City are going to look at that and they're going to be laughing at us. You know, like. Really, I, I can accept us not winning the league this season because it wasn't my object, objective at the beginning of the campaign. But what I can't accept right now is is not really secure in second place and not really not really comfortably sitting in second at the end of the season. Because you look at Leicester, they're a decent side, getting good results, winning big games. I think there's an argument, Phil, that they're a better side now than what they were under Ranieri when they won the league. I think, okay, you could say they had... Uh, Mares and they can't say, but I think if you look at them and watch them as a team, they're a much better unit now than what they were. So like, United aren't United are, should be finishing second, but it won't be a walk in the park. And if you're dropping points against West Brom and you're losing to Sheffield United in quick succession, there is problems with the attitude there. Clearly, let's not forget. Uh, look at what the results have been since. Since we beat Liverpool in the FA Cup, yeah, and Phil before and that, that was when on we the back of being we, three points clear, exactly. The the because the problem was before that run, before we went into that Liverpool game, we were on a fantastic run, and, and what a lot of us were saying was, "I hope this is the turning point. I hope we don't hit another stumbling block like we've seen in previous seasons." Now the big the question is now, and it is a question. United are sitting in a good position right now. We're all happy, but the position, the question is, sorry. That are we going to have another long slump, or are we going to come out of this pretty soon? We've some tough games coming up. The next ten, I get them up in a second and I run through them. For the next ten games are tough. You know, you need to come out of this quickly. We have we have City coming up as well, don't we? Soon. Yeah, we see it coming up. So like, City away, like we've got. We also started in the Europa League, home and away. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We. We'll be previewing the, the, the Sociedad game. I'm just going to go through the list here. Um, so, I have a look. It's, okay, Sociedad up next. Newcastle. Sociedad again. Chelsea in the league. City in the league. West Ham in the league. Leicester in the league. Brighton in the league. Tottenham in the league. And Burnley in the league. That's our next 10 games. Okay, so looking at that. Should we beat Newcastle? That should be three points. West Ham in high up table should be three points. That should be six. Burnley. Sorry, sorry to take 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 out Burnley even because I, I, I excluded FA Cup against Leicester. So that's they're really tough games. There's tough ones, but but if we want to be in the mix, if we want to be finishing second, you have to beat these teams. Well, you have well. 
One of the one of the most worrying aspects about the uh, what you said with the uh, response by Harry Maguire yesterday, uh, he was saying that teams haven't been going to the Hawthorns and creating a lot of chances. Most of the teams have have had at least ten or twelve chances against them, and a lot of teams have uh, like scored at least three or four goals past them. If you, if you watch West Brom and here last night and earlier the week, they don't keep the ball much. They don't keep no, the ball much. No. They're ha- they're very happy for the other team to, to keep possession, and that's why I, I think they have no chance of staying up. Um, Premier League teams have a lot more technically gifted players nowadays, and West Brom look like an, out- an outdated team. Um, they they do not keep the ball. So what happens when they play other teams? The other teams get chances. Yeah, they do. Yeah, like. Uh... I saw that team sheet for West Brom yesterday, and I, I even said there was a there's such a low degree of quality in that side. Mm-hmm. You, that's a that's a team that you'd expect to to be going and putting on like a, a three or four goal. So Bruno Fernandez my- got the only goal, Phil, um, in the forty four minute only goal for United. Um, up until that point, I thought he was one of the worst players in the pitch. Um, and in a sense, people that listened to the podcast last week, and I kind of criticised Donny van de Beek um, in a game against West Ham in the FA Cup in which he looked like a passenger. I didn't think Bruno Fernandes looked any different for a lot of that game last night. And I know. I know Bruno Fernandes is a quality player and it, you get this with, with him and you get it with Marcus Rashford too in a sense that they don't have to play well for 90 minutes to do something special. As we've seen yesterday, Bruno Fernandes scored a great volley and that's why we're not going to spend this podcast criticising him. But I, I want him to add him to the players, uh, the list of players who didn't play well to show that he's not, he's not exempt from criticism, Bruno, because he hasn't had the... He hasn't played at, at his highest level, I'd say, now for one and a half months, Phil. Yeah, like it. Um, I mean, you. Pretty much most of the, the, the shows like Football Focus and uh, on Sky Sports News. Bruno Fernandez is the one player that they're always talking about in terms of the higher degree of quality that he's brought to this team and undoubtedly has in terms of these assists and in terms of these goal figures are just they're incredible Shoot in terms of yeah. a general rule but his overall play in at least a month and a half as you said if not two months he's been anonymous in a lot of it and his actual his actual impact on the overall game itself other than I know, other than insisting or scoring, has been very has been very low. You see, when he came in, and it felt that even if he wasn't scoring goals, that he was all over the pitch and he was demanding the ball and he was he was very much the focal point. Now I don't know what has really changed, but but I do want to point to our form from January, at the end of January to the end of last season. Um, and I'm pretty sure I need to get the stats to back it up, but I'm pretty sure we had the best form in the league. Whatever that was, whatever Bruno Fernandes was doing, I'd love to see it again because, I, like I said, I haven't seen it in a month and a half where he's been 
basically running the pitch and maybe it's down to him being exhausted maybe that's what it is i i don't know because players are human beings too and and, and they, they get tired you know but and as football fans we don't really accept that um because we want to win every week and if bruno fernandez doesn't play how we think he should or every week we're, we're, he's our best player you know and when you don't win games you do look at your best player and you say has he done enough and that's probably unfair, Phil, is it? Because we, we don't basically ask of that of, 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 other, of other players in the camp who should be doing better. You know, Donny van de Beek has a bit of a, a lucky card, I would say, because he can afford to come on for 15, 20 minutes, and it's not much time. But even when he started against West Ham and he didn't play well, it was very strange to see Manchester United fans kind of begging Solskjaer to start him. Um, against West Brom okay? he came on against West Brom again and didn't really change the game so I don't think Solskjaer is doing anything wrong in the Donny van de Beek situation do you? Do you, do you do you understand where people are coming from saying oh it's been it, it, it's been unfair on him he's not getting enough opportunities but it's very much down to Donny van de Beek to get that I feel yeah like it comes down to the player itself I mean you're you're training with the the rest of the first team squad. You're involved in the in the setup, be it the the exercises of like a, a attack versus defence and overall. And there should like there should yeah the the point has been brought up that uh, some of the players aren't on. He's uh, wavelength in terms of. of uh, following his passes and uh, mm. picking out his movement and everything like that, it's not the first time that they play together. Like, no, it's not. And look, that that I feel also people are making are, excuses are, are, because Phil, if 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 Paul Pogba played every week, and he has played worse, by the way, we've criticised him on the podcast and saying he shouldn't be playing games when he's going through a bad run of form. But I'm just comparing the reaction to that. That when Paul Pogba puts in a performance like that, like Donny did against West Ham, um, being an absolute passenger, and that's what he was that in that game, I still want him given opportunities. I want him to prove me wrong. I want him to play, play for Man United. But it's, it's, I'm just calling it out that, it, that that's not good enough. Paul Pogba was called out for it. They're not being good enough if you don't play. And I think there's, there's, a, there's probably one or two others, Phil, who are, who are playing right now and are, are playing at a, at a much lower standard than what, than what we expect. Anthony Martial being one. Um, and I think Marcus Rashford hasn't been playing to his maximum potential either. Yeah, I don't know what the... Um, I don't know what the current problem is with uh, Marcus Rashford at the moment. Like, he just... He's a player that seems to be... He thrives on instinct and uh, it just seems to come so natural to him that he just seems to be caught in two minds and... He seems to be second-guessing himself so much. It's it's frustrating because Marcus Rashford is not someone that, that I want to be criticising because I, I adore Marcus Rashford and off the pitch and on the pitch. Fantastic. And, and also, I know how good he is. We all know how good of a footballer that's he the, is. That's the thing. Like We know what his talent is. We know what he can contribute towards the side. But, uh, but just stop fucking running into traffic, man. Stop running into traffic. Yeah. <laughs> just um, stop running down blind alleys and just keep 
put your head up and see what's going on yeah. around you like yeah i think that i think that 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 is, that is something they needs to kind of maybe improve on is getting his head up more um and pattern of plays as well as that you know you, I, I understand we want to see him running at defenders but when the time is right there's no point running at defenders all day and you're going to keep losing the ball or you're going to keep running into trouble um just going to go to some questions phil cause we we get loads in from the the facebook page um Howard asks, how bad do Martial and Lindelof have to play to be dropped? Um, I get the ball rolling on that one. Starting off with Martial, again, we've said it on the podcast. That, well, I've said it that I want Greenwood part of that front three most weeks. I think that we, sh- we shouldn't be trying to push a player like Rashford into a role that he's not fully um, comfortable in to make way for, for Martial, who really isn't playing well at the moment and is not prolific enough to be starting in a side that should be putting pressure on City. We're not putting pressure on City. It's the aim, but we're not doing it right now. And something needs to change. And if that's the front three, um, I would I would consider replacing Martial for Greenwood. Uh, before we get to Lindelof from Howard's question, Phil, on Martial, what are your thoughts on his on performance of late? He's a player that should be scoring 25, 30 goals a season. I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be. He just doesn't seem to be switched on at the moment. But this is something we've it, seen a lot with him, isn't it? It, it? it must, it must be very much, very annoying for for the managers that are that are that are managing him because we've seen with Jose Mourinho, he totally lost it with Martial. They were, their relationship really got bad. But but Louis Van Gaal got the best out of him. When Solskjaer came in initially, it was very promising to see our, our forward players scoring goals again. But this isn't probably anything to do with managers. It's something that's frustration for, man, for frustrating for managers. But but it's something in him. He obviously struggles with keeping that hunger for goals for a long period because there are times we've seen last season he scored over twenty goals, and you mentioned he needs to be scoring. 25 goals a season that that's what needs to be expected of your of your main outsc- or goal scorer at Manchester United but he's one of those kind of players that he in a burst of a couple of games he could score like five or six in yeah. the next three or four games and then he'll have six or seven games without a goal this is where we jumped though Mike from basically being a team that is kind of mediocre um and fighting for top four every year. That's the difference. And we'll see in the summer if the club are going to make make a change there. Um, because Manchester United, as you, as you mentioned already, 25 goals a season, your striker should be scoring. And if you want to be winning league titles, the very least he should be getting that. And if you want to be winning titles, you also need players around him at midfield scoring goals. Um, and we haven't got that right now. So jumping on to Lindelof again. I thought Eric Bali would have been the, the better option to start yesterday, but I don't know much about his fitness, so Solskjaer made that call, and it's just it never fills me with confidence, Phil. Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof. I'm not going to be overly critical. You know, do you know what I will? Have him with the goal. Um, because I know we mentioned other that. Than, other than the goal that was conceded, I actually thought Lindelof had a decent enough game yesterday. Yeah, well, look, yeah, okay. No, he wasn't up against the most ferocious and uh, aggressive of forward lines was he? See, in terms of overall game he actually played quite well I thought, I thought 
particularly in terms of the important incident that he got caught out for it. Yeah, I, I, I thought, again, I'm never confident with Lindelof in, in the starting lineup, and I thought after the mistake, which I get in a moment, I thought after that he he, he was he was found compensating for for that mistake and and jumping into tackles and parts of the pitch where he would have basically ruled himself out of play in order to win that ball when he didn't need to do that, and it it looked to me in Paris that he had lost his head after after that moment of madness at the start, but but yeah okay I can feel I have a bit of sympathy from that he's had had his view blocked, but at the end of the day, the biggest one of his biggest problems is he's not good in the air. He's a big, big defender, but he does not use his body. You know, he should be demanding those situations. I, 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 that, that was too easy for the centre back to maul him. Okay, but but, but but why why let that happen? No, he should be strong. He should be that shouldn't like happen. He's, he's, an, he's an international defender who's played at the World Cup. But but we're not just pinning him on this instance either, Phil. This is something no, that we've seen a number number of times, a number yeah. number of times. Not, yeah, it's, it's not just one isolated goal alone. There's been a history of it. And we'll see, hopefully, next season if the club sign a centre-back. Because, we, look, Harry Maguire is going nowhere. He, he, he cost the club £80 million. We can shout till the cows and come home. but a four-year contract. Yeah. And the club captain and everything like that. I think what we have to hope for, Phil, is that when we do sign a centre-back in the summer, that... The problem with our defence sat with Lindelof, and that's why Maguire is underperforming. But look, I have my own views on that, and I, and I, and I honestly believe that if you're spending eighty million on a on a centre back, um, I expect that centre back to get the best out of defenders um, around them. And when I say that, a player like Maguire should be able to do what a player like Van Dijk was able to do. Um, I think I think we've really seen this. Yeah, push higher standards. Yeah, yeah, and it's not unfair to, to to make that comparison. It it maybe it is in terms of how good Van Dyke is and how good Maguire is, but these are two players. This is a club that that costs around the same money, and Manchester United have made that decision. Um, and I hope I hope it's a happy end, and I hope that they can sign a centre back in the summer who, who can accommodate Maguire. Um, another quite another few questions there we can get to. Most of them are kind of taking the mick out of the size of Harry Maguire's head, which which we'll ignore. Um, Matt Henderson, he's touched on the attitude. Is it shit attitude leading to complacency, or is it tactical and managerial mistakes that are? Phil? Well, I would always question how, how and why United start so badly in so many games. Yeah, the fact the fact that how long did it take us to have a shot on target in the game yesterday in a game that we should be rolling over sides like that? Yeah, I don't really, I don't, I don't understand that because whenever you watch, it seems whenever you watch other teams that I don't know, you seem to may take more notice of how many attempts they're having on goal and it seems when I watch United it's like where are they when are we going to start having attempts on goal and proper attempts it's like we all talk about how brilliant Bruno Fernandes and Rashford and Martial and all these attacking players and we've got one of the best strikers of the last decade Nelson Cavani but why aren't we hurting teams why aren't we why aren't we making the goalkeeper work 
from the from the first minute. Yeah. Why aren't we throwing in crosses to make defenders uh, panic in the first minute? We're too nice, Phil. Too nice. And another question yeah, in from James. Yeah. Why do we struggle to play against teams lower down the table? Again, this is what you were, I think you were just about to touch on. But I mentioned at the start, when it comes to Sheffield, and again we've seen with West Brom, why, in your opinion, like I suppose it kind of relates to Matt's question when it comes down to the attitude or managerial mistakes, but do you think that Solskjaer is doing that and that he could be doing a bit differently in terms of maybe selection? We mentioned Lindelof star yesterday. Bally was on the bench. Martial got That's the start, it. but we had to bring on Greenwood. So, does any responsibility for you lay with the manager? Uh, ultimately, I think it does. Yeah. But it's it's a two way process. The player, the the player selected, have to have to do it for the manager, and the manager has to set out the the right system for the players to be able to express themselves as well. I don't think personally having two defensive midfielders in a way against a side like Sheffield United or um, or against Burnley or against the likes of other teams like that. We've seen up, yeah, we've seen it a lot this season. It, it, I don't think it sets up the right kind of uh, message to the side. Well. You see, right now, this will be interesting in the coming weeks because if he'll persist with that against these sides, we need to win games. There's no yeah. point having 18 or 19 unbeaten games away from home. As Soldier said, that's a nothing stat. If you're drawing those games, one three points. Yeah. Look at the uh, unbeaten run we had under Jose Mourinho and how many of them did we actually... Well, I think a big factor, Phil, in our our standings in, in recent years since Alex Ferguson and being so low down the table certain years fluctuating almost comes down to too many draws last season too many yeah, draws you have to put wins together in a row like and it's it's no, it's no point drawing a game that you should be winning no My- and there's too many of them way too mm. many of them um See, that's a few of the questions. We'll get have a look for another few in a moment. But next up on Thursday night, we've got the, the Europa League. Um, Second-rate competition, I think you agree, Phil. But should Manchester United go out and win it? Or would you put the eggs into getting top four, winning the FA Cup? Um, it gives, gives a chance to experiment anyway. It gives yeah. a chance to... I certainly think that... Van de Beek and I don't I think uh, Dean Henderson should be starting these kind of games um, it's going to be a major challenge against Real Sociedad who are a damn fine team this year and I know they were top towards the start of the season they've fallen off a bit since then but uh, they're still they're still going to be a major test to us They'll be without their top goal scorer, um, but they they will have David Silva, who we'll know from his time at, at City. They'll have Adnan Yanazai, from yeah. who we'll all know from his time at Manchester. I just a few a few bits on on Yanazai because look, I remember I think every Manchester United fan was very excited when he was coming through. Sir Alex Ferguson had retired, and we had David Moyes, and you know 
we we were kind of clutching for straws for things to be positive about. But Adnan Yanazai gave us that, and it it didn't work out. He, he had tons of potential, tons of ability, and I suppose he's still playing at a relatively high standard. Phil, you know, La Liga with a with a, with a top side. The, it was never a question of whether he had ability. I think while he was at Manchester United, he was younger. Um, he didn't take all the advice he was given. Didn't take it all on board, and had a, he had a bad spell on loan at, at Bristol Dortmund, which he was sent back from. Um, they were worrying signs, and look, I, I I'm delighted to see him playing for a, for a top team now. But I do wish I wish he was still in a Manchester United shirt, and we had seen a, a star flourish. I think it was the first kind of major attacking player that we've had to come through in that side in a number of years. I suppose we've had, at that point, there was a couple of defenders coming through and a few midfielders. But in terms of that kind of winger to get uh, people off their seat and to get people excited and uh, somebody to take on defenders and set up chances and score goals, he was the first one, I suppose, in a number of years before that anyway. He missed the under-23s game at the weekend, Ahmad Diallo. Um, but there might be a chance that he'll play against Oceanad in the Europa League. I certainly hope so, Phil. <clears throat> I know people might say I might give him a bit more time settling with the the in the academy. But but to be honest, we 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 need something to to sing about. As you mentioned, we need something to kind of get us off our at the moment our, our sofas. And the Europa League, we should be using it to experiment. You know, I wouldn't be playing Bruno Fernandes. Um, no. I wouldn't be playing Bruno Fernandes, no way. Uh, I wouldn't play Rashford. I would arguably start Martial, though, because that should be his competition to get start games in and to work his way back into the frame for, for the starting lineup. But but we, we're, ta- we're, we're talking also, we're also talking while he's still starting in the lineup. We don't think he should be, but he's still starting. So there's a chance that he won't. He'll be rested, along with Rashford, um, and Solskjaer might, might come to that decision because he feels Martial needs a rest. But I don't think a lot of these players need rest. I I I I think Rashford might because he's played through niggles for most of the season. But the likes of Bruno Fernandez, I'd be only resting him in the Europa League because I have other other preferences. I want us to secure second place. I want us to do so comfortably and I want to see United win a trophy and the FA Cup is there. Next round against Leicester we haven't really spoken um, since that draw but but that's one that I know people say oh it's difficult it's difficult. I don't care who we get. I couldn't care less if it was City. We have to beat, no. every, we have to beat everyone. You're going to have to beat these teams at some point anyway so Yeah exactly. The only, the, only, the only hindrance Phil is that it's, it's, it's during a the next 10 games, they're, they're tough. Um, but you have to be who's in front of you. Yeah, of course you do. Like It's it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, and in, in the, the Europa League, uh, before, before, we, before we wrap it up, I'm going to get you to, to give me a prediction. Um, so the first leg is in Turin. It's not been played in Sociedad because of the, the government restrictions in Spain. The travel, the, the travel ban wouldn't let people in from the UK, which is understandable. They're playing it in Turin instead. Um, thoughts go out to the likes of Andy Mitten who have booked hotels in San Sebastian. But <laughs> if, if anyone's looking for a night, I'm sure he he he'll offer it up. Um, Phil, how can people follow you on on, on Twitter 
and give us your ma- match prediction. Uh, for Thursday night, I would be hopeful of a two-one win. Two-one win. Look, win. Look, I know what I said. My priorities are this season. For me, I'm not even going to give a match prediction. I, I want to see some some experiments. Um, I think I think that Solskjaer needs to see something to make him think about different options. Maybe it's a different style. Um, I don't know, but I, I'd like to see a difference in terms of the narrative is always about how how to break down teams that are going to defend against United. I'd like to see a system of play that sets out to try and compete against that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go and, for it. Uh, these kind of these kind of um, competitions are, in my opinion, the the way to do that. Well, it is when when you come to this stage of the season, um, and you kind of try and kind of map out what you're going to go for. I think it's stupid to put your eggs in one basket. Um, but but this season, with the there's a lot of complex with the, with the fixture congestion, and I think that every every manager, most teams are going to make a decision at some point this season that we're going to go for this, uh, rather than go for everything. And I think right now it should be the FA Cup for United sort out that league form really yeah. needs to be sorted because I look at the top four and I don't see many gaps in terms of no. how, how much leg room we have we haven't got much leg room and we're level up like, points with Leicester Chelsea get a good few results if they, if they beat uh, I forget they're playing tonight but the, Chelsea are playing tonight and, 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 Sheffield, and West, West Ham are playing sorry those two win they overtake Liverpool um and if we keep getting results like we are against West Brom and Sheffield, it's going to fall back. Yeah, exactly. So we need to start our league form out, um, and I and I and I want to see a few experiments Thursday night. Hopefully, hopefully we yeah. see Ahmad make his debut for the club. Anyway, Phil, um, thanks so much for joining me today. No problem, um, Dale. Anytime. Brilliant stuff, and to everyone listening, really appreciate all the feedback in the past week. Make sure you subscribe and give us a nice review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Speak again soon. Speak actually on Friday. We have a new episode. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.